Hello, welcome to the Pondercast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pondercast, where it is okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. I'm one of your hosts, Drew Petker. I'm joined alongside Perry Walter Siddons. <laughs> Jeez. Perry, <laughs> how are we doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. I just want to put a quick plug out there for our last episode we did. Yes. If you haven't listened to the episode on the, <laughs> I can't remember what we called it, but the Protestant. What does it mean to be a Protestant today? In kind of, we kind of planned it to come out in line with Reformation, the celebration that happens to land on Halloween, which is kind of weird. But anyways, if you haven't given that one a listen, go give it a listen. It's, we had a panel of uh, a couple other guys. We had Danny Son, Darwin Harder on. Great guests, very intellectual people. I, I was humbled by some of the things they said. So it was a really good episode. Go give it a listen if you have not given it a yes. listen yet. That's my plug for the day. No more, <laughs> no more plugs. So yesterday I was uh, watching this video podcast. From, have you heard? Have you ever heard of uh, Preston Sprinkle? Yes, I have heard of Preston Sprinkle. Okay. I think you'd enjoy some of his stuff. He has all sorts of conversations. Like he just loves to talk to people. Yeah, he's on the he was and, on the Bad Christian podcast. Okay, not recommending or condoning, just saying he was on. <laughs> Anyways, he was talking to this fellow who wrote a book on Acts, and uh, I thought it was interesting because this guy pointed out in Acts, you know how there's this big thing about eating with Gentiles, being with Gentiles. Yeah, and they were pointing out how in the ancient Near East time, eating food that particular food marked you out with that group. And uh, so there was this huge thing about eating like meat, sacrifice idols, because in a sense, are you identifying yourself with that, uh, with that group? And so a lot of those, and I thought, wow, that makes all, a lot of those food laws in the old Testament make a lot more sense. When you think about it like that, like trying not to associate yourself with, ungodly people so i thought that was kind of a a fun thing that i learned yesterday <laughs> interesting hmm. yeah i thought you call it a video podcast that's kind of well that's that what it is video? i don't know yeah i guess so well he also does a pod like he shares it as a podcast okay gotcha yeah it is interesting mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with our topic for today but no, i thought it was just fun oh okay fun fact of the day fun fact of the day Maybe you have you learned anything new lately, Drew? Not off the top of my head. Nope. I can't think it. Can't, I think 11% of the world's left handed. I think that's right. 11%. I think so. Maybe that's wrong. Hmm. I should fact check myself. <laughs> fact checked it. Yeah. Anyways, sounds our topic. good. Our topic for today. So we're starting a new little mini series here. You know, at the beginning of the year season two in february week we started out with three episodes in genesis and then we rent like totally <laughs> different uh topics this year on uh christology relating to the person of jesus it's been kind of fun uh doing these episodes mm-hmm. like talking about the gospel jesus in the gospels talking about the son of man son of god doing the crucifixion series and now we want to talk about uh for three weeks or so um, Christ, Jesus Christ, threefold office, prophet, 
priest and king. Um, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. So there you go. Uh, today we want to talk about Christ, Jesus Christ's prophet. Um, what does it mean, Drew? Any, uh, what, what are well, your, what, what is your initial uh, thinking in regards to Christ as prophet? My initial thinking is looking back and referencing the Old Testament prophets, because that's kind of the, we first see. It's so like when I was thinking about this office, like initial preliminary thoughts, um, I thought a lot about, okay, what do the prophets do in the Old Testament? Yep. Basically, every prophet did a threefold thing. They basically accused Israel of falling away. They told them to repent. And they told yes. them what's going to happen if they don't repent yes. or repent. <laughs> and that's basically what read the prophets. It's essentially what happened. Major, minor. That's you can find it in all of them. Um, so I'm drawn to that, but then also drawn mm-hmm. to Moses. Um, in Deuteronomy, I think it's 16. I wrote it down here somewhere. I don't know where I wrote it down, but I think it's 16. <laughs> yeah, or 18 or something. Yeah, maybe it's 18. I think I know what you mean. You know what I'm talking about? Like Moses, where yeah. a prophet. Yes, a prophet like Moses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 18, than... verse 18. I have it highlighted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 18. Thanks. I appreciate it. But yeah, he says, like, uh, Lord, raise a prophet like me or like you from among your brothers. And then later on in Deuteronomy, it says, mm. um, never has someone um, like Moses been around. Basically, that's how it ends. Because mm-hmm. none of the other prophets were like Moses. So that that's kind of where I get, that was my preliminary kind of thoughts and where I get drawn to. When I think of Jesus being a prophet. I think of that and then say, okay, what's that mean for Jesus then? And can mm-hmm. we apply the same attributes to Jesus, I guess? Mm. What about that, you? Where do you start? That is essential as we think about Jesus as prophet, because in Hebrews yeah. one, it says long ago at many, this is how he opens it. His book long ago at many times. And in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. So there's a, there's a, a important element there. An eschatological element there, like last days. Yeah. This is, this is Jesus. This is God spoke to Israel through prophets. And now mm-hmm. he has spoken to the world through his own, like through his own son, God yeah. came and, 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 and dwelt among us. But it, it's just like what you say about the prophets in the old Testament, you know? Yeah. What, what did you say? Preaching against sin, they calling uh, them through repentance. Like, yeah. Accusation kind of like accusing them of you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, a good example is like, uh, so I actually taught a lesson on Haggai today. Hmm. Like what a, a, we're teaching Sunday school and Haggai was the lesson. I was like, okay. <laughs> and basically in Haggai, they go back to Jerusalem. It's after the Babylonian exile and they start rebuilding their houses and they start rebuilding all their things that they want for 17 years. And Haggai comes and says, guys, you're forgetting the temple. Go build the temple. Forget your houses. Go build the temple. So he's accusing them. You're forgetting the Lord. You're forgetting hmm. what's important. Wow. So it's like accusing. So you can see that through all the other um, prophets like that. They're hmm. they accuse them of what they're doing, and then the repentance part. Tell them repent. Like, hey, guy, I'm using <laughs> an example because fresh my mind. Right, go build the temple. Like, repent. Recognize your sin in this, forgetting the Lord. And now, if you don't do it, what's going to happen? 
Mm-hmm. You can see what's going to happen. If you, even in Deuteronomy, flip back to Deuteronomy, they tell in the law the curses that are going to happen if you forget the Lord, right? There'll be drought, mm-hmm. there'll be thorns, there'll be sickness, there'll be, and all these different themes kind of tie into the prophets in the Old Testament. But anyways, we're not talking yeah. about the Old Testament today. Well, we're this about sounds Jesus like being prophet, but this sounds like a good a episode. Of, <laughs> there's just a lot of um, yeah. things that happen in the prophets in the Old Testament that tie directly into christ as well oh yeah um and how he is the prophet speaking yes. the words of god and, and the final prophet as as we would say he is mm-hmm. um interesting side note before i let you take over uh we're not the only religion that thinks jesus was a prophet <laughs> just for everyone out there is um, also <laughs> believes jesus was a prophet um but not the final prophet muhammad was their final prophet. but he mm-hmm. still does take part in um the Quran. He's in we there. Believe and... that Jesus is the prophet, and that his he's not just one of many. You know. Yes. That's the interesting thing. That's a good point to bring up. Yeah. So I just thought I'd put that in there, though. So there's a different. We're not the only ones that believe yeah. Jesus was a prophet. Yeah. We just go one step further. He was the prophet. It's a good lesson on proper articles there. <laughs> DNA. Yeah. Very big difference here. Anyway, absolutely. That, that's kind of my my sub context there so that would be a good uh let i'm gonna try to remember that for a little bit later on is let us define what we mean by profit but there's so much i have on my mind right now yep go for it is that um thinking about yeah we're thinking about what the prophets in the old testament specifically calling people back to god i can't remember where i heard this from that maybe it was bible project they're talking about that the prophets were like god's lawyers they were pleading god's case right. saying come back reminding them what does the law say uh if you follow the lord you will be blessed if you fo- yeah. if you don't follow you'll be cursed like they're not really telling the future they're just saying this is this is what was promised <laughs> in the law yeah. so it's not like they're telling them anything new but in a sense they are okay when, when we were in our first year of bible college did you do the reading the Bible in a month challenge? No, I did not. Okay. So when I did that and reading through the prophets, and I mean, by the end, I just had to read to get through it because I was like, I want to be able to see I did this. So I don't remember a whole lot, but what I do remember, what I, I, you know, I was really getting the ethos of the, of the prophets as I was reading through and then turning into Matthew and hearing Jesus and thinking, wow, I'm actually, you know, if I got one thing out of this <laughs> stressful challenge is that uh, I'm seeing the prophetic office of Jesus and how he's very much like the other prophets. I mean, John the Baptist, he's called the uh, the last prophet of the old covenant. And then Jesus is the, the, the prophet of the new covenant. And so he's bringing, he's doing the exact same thing as in the Old Testament. He's saying, uh, come back to God, like repent. The kingdom of God yeah. is at hand. That's in, in Mark. Um, and I think we talked about that a little bit in one of our gospel episodes, like this, seeing Jesus as this prophetic figure of saying the kingdom of God is at hand and teaching all these things, talking about the Ten Commandments, like explicating yeah. the Ten Commandments, but showing there's a greater spiritual reality here, calling out the Pharisees, calling out the religious leaders. You know, um, yeah, 
though it's really interesting uh, seeing that um, that fulfillment, that continuation, but that he is actually he is. Uh, I wrote this. Pardon me. I wrote down. Where did I put those notes? Um, he has brought a perfect prophecy that uh, ends all prophecies because as, as Calvin says here um, that God continued to provide these prophets. But what Calvin emphasizes in this particular section is the plan of salvation, like the, that God is rectifying the world. So in that sense, this is like there, there's, there's this, like this, there isn't this fullness of the message. Like it's, there's hints of the message of the gospel throughout the old Testament is what Calvin is talking about, like through the prophets, but right. also any biblical studies, like that's a theological understanding from a, I don't like to divorce it, but from a biblical studies standpoint, we see the prophets, you know, saying, repent, come to God, this, I think they come together, like from a theological point, even the law is doing that. The law and the prophets are pointing toward um, uh, toward the gospel. And so what does Jesus do? He is the one that turns the light on <laughs> to show that um, he, he, like he's bringing the message that has been hinted at throughout right. the whole Old Testament. Right. So what I do we mean by also- prophet? <laughs> what's that go ahead i interrupted you oh i was just gonna say and then he brings the two uh i can't think of the word uh culmination provision i can't think of the word i'm thinking of uh culmination Fruition. yeah that word like the fin- finality of the last point of all the prophets all the prophets talk about the day of the lord will come and they keep saying the day of the lord and that doesn't necessarily mean the end Sometimes the day of the Lord is when they went into Babylonian exile. Sometimes the day of the Lord when Persia took over. Mm-hmm. Like the day of the Lord was very much so, it was eschatological, but not fully, I guess. But when Jesus comes, he brings it fully. Matthew 24 is basically all about end times and like the eschatological point. And this is after he's rebuking the Pharisees. He's, he goes on, Matthew 23 is where he's rebuking Pharisees. 24 brings the eschatological point to it. And brings it kind of to like, this is gonna ha- This is the end, guys. Like this is the, hmm. the finale, the totality of the day of the Lord, which I think is also interesting. He's so I like um, bringing the message and actually not the hint anymore, but the real thing hmm. that Jesus does as a prophet. He also brings forth the the real finality of the judgment of. This is going to happen if you obey. This happens if you don't obey. And he, he kind of brings that to finalization and, and, yeah, and yeah, leaves exactly. it there as the final prophet. He leaves it there. Mm-hmm. He, no one else needs to say anymore. That's it. There's no <laughs> other, do you know what I mean? There's no other um, necessity for, for what's going to happen in the end. We, they exactly. Know. Yeah, exactly. He has said, what needed to be said and that's why he's sitting at the right hand of god well yeah exactly yeah so i think um i just want to reflect on the word prophet because i think um when we talk about that word especially i think in our modern society in our modern understanding of that word there's much more of a telling the future yeah 
whereas the Old Testament seems more of like what I was seeing before, a covenantal lawyer, like a divine, divinely appointed lawyer preaching more like a preacher rather than somebody who is announcing the the future though it's hard to get away from that understanding as well because yeah, even jesus I, even jesus foretold the future yeah uh, but i think we we often think of prophet as a fortune teller yeah exactly like someone who has a crystal yeah. ball and they're thinking and <laughs> they can see things that is happening or will happen or has happened that, that's basically what we think of as a prophet right they can know not they tell the future you're gonna do this and this later mm-hmm. on um but i think you're right it's it's more than telling the future um i i, I can't get away from that the idea of just they're the lawyer they're the covenantal lawyer making sure the covenant's being kept and they're god's mouthpiece essentially right but they did the old testament prophets did actually see a lot about the future because god gave them that vision and that was almost a that was to almost humble the person uh receiving it. Like think about Daniel. Daniel receives these visions about or he he knows how to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Yeah. That is revealed to him and he's able to understand it. Um, not necessarily is he seeing the future? Like even these prophets don't understand <laughs> yeah. what's going on in these visions like in in isaiah the servant will come the servant will do this you know so um i guess we can't really get away from an understanding of prophets as people who are telling the future but it's always like what what is the what is the ground by which you know what, what what are the limits of being a prophet in the old testament like there 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 are um criteria if this person says something and it doesn't come true, they are a false prophet. You know, that's that's an Old Testament criteria. So um, so what's our New Testament criteria? Like the gift yeah, of prophecy today is just, well, you know, like that's a, that's at the forefront of this conversation then because the gift right. of prophecy, we, you know, regardless on your view of it, if it's still around, not around, whatever, right. would it not be, like you said, in simplest terms, preaching a sermon you're, are you preaching the word of god like, right? like in the simplest terms a prophet is someone who speaks the words of god is that not right, right? so that, I, that'd be this that'd be the bare bones of it but is that it yeah yeah well i mean the bible talks about there are prophets there are apostles teachers these are these are gifts spiritual gifts offices whatever you want to call them paul talks about you know, prophecy with, I wish you would all prophesy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, share your prophecies in the community. Well, what is that? So I wonder if we're, I wonder if we divide this into two categories of profit, like the special gift of prophecy, which is being able to see and like being given a vision, just like, some people have the special gift of evangelism, even though we're all called to evangelism. Right. Some people are called to healing, but we're all called to pray for healing, I, I believe, anyways, and trust that the Lord will work through us despite that. Okay, m- my reason for all that is to say, I think that um, because of our union with Christ, 
the church and Jesus and each individual within the church, because of that union, we share those same offices, prophet, priest, and king. And of course, we'll talk about those two other ones later in the month. Right, but do we so, share the office of prophet then as so well? We share the office of prophet. And I believe that mm. that comes into play in Matthew 28, when Jesus says, I have all authority. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, meaning, and, and teach everything that I've told you. So what, like, preaching the gospel, like you're saying, um, but but also having that, like, the church, I believe, because, okay, let me just bear with me here a little bit. <laughs> um, Always do. Thank you. The church is the new Israel. Within Israel were the three distinct offices of prophet, priest, and king. This is Jesus now. Jesus has, these all have come together in Jesus. So that means that that applies to us, like as the church, because we are the body of Christ. So we share the same ministries in a general way that he, that he, like we are, he, we are the ones, like he, he was working through us because we are the body. So in that sense, the church, I believe, is supposed to have a prophetic voice in our society and within our culture of saying, here's the gospel. But having a prophetic voice that says, I know what needs to be said in this society to be able to say, here's the gospel. And this is why it matters. But here's also how it changes things. So, you know, Paul uh, was was prophetic in that he was saying, God overlooked your former sins, but now is the time. <laughs> hmm. um, your God, this unknown God, he is the God of Israel, realizing Jesus. Like, I think that's a very prophetic moment there. And I'm yeah. not saying, like, this is distinct, I believe, from the gift of prophecy. What I'm saying yeah. is, I yeah. think our prophetic voice is to speak into our society. This is where, um, you know, you have some theologians like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Russell Moore. Um, he just left the Southern Baptist Convention. And I think he has a real prophetic, like he's, a, it's what's called public theology. So it's being able to speak in the public square. And I think that's a really essential part of having that prophetic voice like that that is an essential part so he's speaking into his denomination like he was speaking into it as he left like he was being a prophetic voice even to his own denomination <laughs> by saying there's there's stuff going on here that needs to be dealt with because of what the gospel says hmm. so i think um i think that helps me realize the two different sections hmm. i think that was a really good way of explaining it all the idea of where there's two different sections prophesying and then being a prophet um universal or as one i guess like the church being a prophet um i think that's a really good way to differentiate between the gift of prophecy because i think that's because we could have that conversation too what about mm -hmm. the gift of prophecy then mm -hmm. as well um, interestingly enough, Jesus was both, right? That he prophesied oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. things, Definitely. but then also um, 
just spoke the words of God, which was what a prophet does as well. So he was kind of both, but maybe we're not all called to both. Maybe we are. I don't know. We can have a, we can talk about that if you want, but we can call, take that for a different time too. Hmm. If we're all called to prophesy. Uh, I don't think, I'm not sure. I'm not right. sure what to do with prophecy in the, in the new Testament. I, I'm, I honestly don't know what to do with it, but um, what I'm talking about is, I think, implied in the New Testament. So when it talks about prophets, it's not going to say what I just said about what being a prophet is. I just think this is, this is because we are, like the Bible doesn't say Jesus is prophet, priest, and king, <laughs> um, but it's implied. Yeah. So therefore, it's implied for us as well. Yeah. where we um, are to shine light. I think that's what it means to be a prophet, is to shine light into the world. Right. So if I can change gears a little bit here, is that Absolutely. okay? So if we're all called to be prophets, that's all good and dandy. But some of the prophets in the Old Testament and Jesus were pretty radical people. <laughs> like They acted Absolutely. very weird. Hmm. Like, you know, like, walking around naked for three years, marrying a prostitute, sitting on the ground, playing in dirt, right? Like these are the mm. prophets of the old Testament. Jesus did cult countercultural things all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the idea of we're all prophets inherently from Christ being a prophet, I think that ties into how we act too, being a little being countercultural. And that, that I think that directly affects the Christian life, right? Like not being, uh, being in the world but not of the world. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And so I think I think we can actually really I'm not getting too preachy here. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it does affect our Christian walk, being a prophet. Um, <sighs> it's not just speaking yeah. the words, but I think it actually should affect how we live. And mm. it, it's not just a oh, Christ was a prophet and therefore it means nothing to us. Because we talked about before coming on air, like these mean something to us. And it does mean something to us, the fact that Christ was a prophet. That means we act like that. So yes, um, exactly. I thought that was a really interesting point, the countercultural point, and just how you don't really see any prophets that are running with the culture, right? They're kind of just the outcasts that no one likes. Yeah. That's basically what they were. And yeah. uh, so in keeping in fact that if we're all supposed to be part of this prophet office, it's kind of what we're signing up for. Which is kind of, it's just interesting. Like I said, I don't want to get too preachy here. We don't have to start convicting people or whatever, but I'm just saying, <laughs> we don't have to do an altar call over a, hmm. a podcast here. But I think, and I think, I hope this is bouncing off what you're saying, thinking about, you know, our lifestyle. It's easy to be brash as Christians. I guess that's just our human nature, but I, I think that there's some kind of, theological impetus from the life of jesus maybe or who knows that says that we should be brash (laughs) as christians but um i don't think that i'm saying that to myself that doesn't work as a prophetic voice because in our society brashness uh turns people off i think that's a that's a good um way to just kind of brush us off is like oh you know, your brush. But my point, my, my reason for bringing that up is I think being able to come together, like when you have these groups of people, say in a church, um, your elders or like um, 
whatever people within denominations, whatever it may be coming together and, and working through with a particular issue and, and releasing something saying, this is what, you know, to the world or whatever, releasing to the people saying, this is what we as a church are going to believe on this particular thing. Like Jaheen, what I'm, what I'm saying here is taking the time to think through things, to be prophetic, like to live that life where we are studying, we're being careful, we're not being brash and, uh, and then realizing what is it we need to say. And, uh, I think that's I'm the one that didn't want to be preachy, and then you bring that one up. Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. It was good. Not trying to be preachy. (laughs) But I think that's That's a very good point. But I think what you said, though, about being a prophet is important that, like, being that prophetic witness as the church. Yeah. Is that Mm -hmm. even coming together and working together on these things um, is is so vital. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else do you got, Perry? You know, um, I was thinking with this verse that says Jesus is, uh, in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, you know, the final prophet. It's interesting that he brings that up to show the Hebrews Jesus' authority as the prophet, as like as the great prophet, that this person, this man, is not just a man, you know, like mm-hmm. thinking about with the Muslims. This guy is divine, and he and and he establishes that. So whatever this person has said, because he's divine, you can trust it. You know, um, right. So that is an important element. Also, I don't want to neglect this because I think this is awesome. Uh, in the Old Testament, when prophets, how were pro, you know prophets were anointed with oil? Well, how was Jesus anointed as in his prophetic ministry? This rhetorical question? I no. thought it was rhetorical. No. <laughs> when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And so Kelvin has this good part about that. And I think he's he's implying here then that our baptism is, anoints us as prophets, but it also anoints us as priests and kings, which we'll talk about in the coming Interesting. weeks. Interesting. So does that start <laughs> when you're a baby then or what? <laughs> Oh, that's a whole it's not a different conversation. <laughs> because it yeah, it's no, a whole different someone conversation. Someone must believe that happens when you're a baby, right? So well, actually, um, well, mm-hmm. in 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 the liturgical world, you get baptized as a baby, but then you can conf- like you go through confirmation when you're older, yeah. so you're affirming your faith, and the bishop lays hands on you. And that's the belief that the Holy Spirit is coming down upon you and you're receiving your spiritual gifts. Maybe not like there are beliefs that that happens there. I'm not sure, but it is an interesting, uh, like that, that there is a part of that. I think where, okay, you're confirming your faith, you're confirming your baptism, but there's a lot that it has to do with this. So anyways, don't get me started on that. <laughs> you already did. <laughs> Okay, just saying Jesus wasn't baptized as an infant, so that's kind of weird. Anyways, we can move on. We can don't have to. We don't have to stay here. Well, um, <laughs> no, I think um, well, I think you're running out of time, anyways. So yeah, no, let's uh, let's close it up here. I think unless you have any other finishing ending thoughts, I like where you ended it there. 
Yeah. Well, thanks for the... this good conversation. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully it's beneficial to you all. Um, we hope you enjoy this series. Let us know if there's anything we missed on this episode yeah. or anything you want us to talk about on the next one. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, what do you think it means of just being uh, the having the office of the prophet? And what does that mean to us today? And uh, if you're looking forward, let us know what you think about his kingship and his priesthood and how that affects us today as well. Sounds good. Until next week. Keep pondering. <laughs>